Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Welcome, Sam. The ARA to Envision Together, going to our next level best podcast. I'm so excited to be able to chat with you and have my audience experience the wonderful conversation I've already had privilege to uh, enjoy with you. But with that, will you please introduce yourself to oh, the audience? Thank you, Pamela. I look forward to being able to share insights. And I think the easiest way for me to introduce myself is this way. There are five things that guide and direct me in life. Servant leadership, story sharing, activator igniter, champion enabler, and community do-gooder. Those five things have enabled me to help individuals, teams, organizations, educational institutions, and nonprofits to their pinnacle best. Equally, it's helped to make me into a speaker and a storyteller, a mentor Mm -hmm. and a coach, a writer, blogger entrepreneur, educator, problem solver, and a community activator. So that's the best way I can I can describe myself in that little soundbite nutshell. Wow, I love it. And it's a great way for you to have introduced yourself because you're making me want to know even more. I'm eager to have you unpack that. So I know that what you just mentioned is also what you call your the five core elements. If you could just elaborate on those five. Perfect. Yeah, no, when I introduced myself using those five, what I call core elements, the servant leadership, story sharing, activator, igniter, champion enabler, and community do-gooder, those are five things that I am not willing to compromise in life and career. And what was really interesting, Pamela, is The moment I stopped thinking about what I was going to do and focus on who I am, Hmm. that's where these five words emerged. And to be fair, they have changed over time. And, you know, what I help people with is to try to find the five things that just resonate and makes up who they are. The way that I do this is I ask people, tell me about your job or jobs you've had. What do you like about it or didn't like about it? Why? And then I would ask, what about classes you've taken? What resonated? What did you enjoy or didn't enjoy? But also it's it's about why. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it was about, well, what do you like to do in your spare time, your social life? Why? The why is the most critical part, because when you start going into the why, all of a sudden, it starts to make sense and words start to em- emerge. So, for example, when I do this exercise with people, oftentimes somebody brings up the word, well, one thing I'm not willing to compromise is family. I said, okay, why is family important to you? 
I'm like, and then they'll reply back with, you know, the different words, but they say, you know, for example, it's the relationships and the connectedness of the, you know, family, extended family. I said, okay, the relationships and connectedness, does that also apply to your work environment? And they're like, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Does this also apply to when you were a student? And they're like, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Is this something that is important in your social life? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, I, this is something important. So I said, can we replace family with relationships and connectedness as one of the five things that you take forward? And they're like, okay, now I get it. But asking why is probably the most important part because it gets them to start realizing. Now, one thing that people are afraid of is what if I don't pick the right words? Hmm. And my thing is, but you have to start from somewhere. And as you go through life, your words will change. And, you know, don't be afraid about that. And, you know, the first iteration, it allows you to then reflect and look at where you are in life and what you really would like to have or be, does it connect with what you are doing currently? So that's how you come up with those five core elements. Wow. As you were sharing, I was reflecting on my own life and the way I've uh, identified myself at different points in my life. Mm-hmm. And early on in life, I looked at myself as an artist, someone who's creative. And I pigeonholed myself there and it wasn't room for anything else. In fact, I didn't think I was good at other things. I didn't think I had talent for other things. I was just this artist. And if I tried to express myself in any other way, I felt like an imposter. Then I moved into a part of my life where I very strongly identified myself as a minister, Mm -hmm. someone who's helping others in the church and, and teaching the word of God in Sunday Mm -hmm. school or a message or something. Then I became an educator by profession. And I wound up calling myself, I'm an educator. (laughs) And at this point in my life, I say that I'm all three of those. And even in this podcast, I believe I'm using all three of those working together and probably some other things too. But I don't try to say I'm this or that. I'm all of these things and um, I'm open to learning what else I would identify myself as or or how I would present myself to the world. But the most important thing is to feel like I'm engaged with purpose, making a difference. So listening to you, I was kind of relating um, those principles to my life. And I think based on what you just shared, I could probably even go deeper. <laughs> well, def- definitely. And, and actually, you know, that's why it's, it's uh, you know, as you mentioned about, you know, being the creative artist, the minister, and then the educator. I mean, that's what's happened in my life with regards to, you know, it's like that rolling snowball, it gets bigger, 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 but you incorporate it all. And that's why when I mentioned about, you know, it's made me into a speaker, storyteller, et cetera, et cetera. What I do is I never look at either a a role, position, or label. I just look at those five things and does it resonate? Like as a writer, you know what, eight years ago, I never even thought about writing. Uh, As an educator, that was never a goal and objective of mine. Uh, To be a speaker, same thing. I was awkward, shy, and quiet. But once you realize, you know, those, for me, it was those five things. Those things started to emerge 
but they made sense. And now the main thing is I work on about, I've got about 12 projects I'm working on right now. Now they're not independent of each other, Mm -hmm. but they layer into each other, but they are distinct in that sense. Like my storytelling layers into my teaching, which layers into my speaking, which layers into my writing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and to your point, which I really appreciated Pamela is for me, when I hit five out of five, I don't have a job or career. I hit fulfillment. And that's really what I really, what I want. And I think this journey that I took to realize my foundation was partially meant because once you realize it, how can I help other people realize their purpose and potential? Right. That's great. I love the way you explain that. So you told me in a previous conversation that it's important to understand who you are Mm -hmm. over what you do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in our conversation so far, you've already touched on it, but anything you have to cause us to go deeper with that? Yeah, the only thing I want to say about that is the fact that, unfortunately, there's a lot of noise around us. And the noise always is reflective of the what, like, what are you going to be like? I mean, think of it. We've all had this narrative, mm-hmm. preschool, kindergarten, and a question was asked of us, what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh my gosh, we picked these noble trades of mm-hmm. astronaut, doctor, teacher, nurse, and it just went on and on. But then practicality sets in eventually and we get lost. Mm-hmm. And then we start doing the listening to the noise around us. Oh, you should be this, or, you know, because you haven't really identified what you want. And when the noise happens, that guides you. Or the way I describe it is when a leaf falls into a stream, Does the stream guide the leaf or does the leaf guide the stream? Hmm. Obviously, the stream will guide the leaf. Mm -hmm. I said, this is what your life is right now. Because because you haven't taken the time to identify who you are, people will fill in the gaps. And you are now the leaf in the stream. They want you to go in the direction that they deem best for you. We need to stop that. You own this. You need to now activate that voice within. And Pamela, I show my class a beautiful video, and I ask them this question. If money was no object, what would you do? Hmm. And it's interesting to hear what they say. And I'm like, okay, now let's realize, because once you go down that pathway and it's authentic to you, money happens. And the idea is money is not a motivator. Money is a result of your motivation. I agree. 100%. And I wish that I had the ability to reflect in that way when I was younger, because I certainly um, fell prey to the voices outside of myself who was trying, uh, although it was noble, they they were trying to do a good thing. They were influencing me in ways that really wasn't helpful. And unfortunately, our, in society, we continue that pattern. We, we don't let people kind of discover who they are to then know what they want to do. Yeah. It's what do you want to do? And then hopefully you'll fit into that, <laughs> that shape later. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I appreciate the way you're um, explaining these things. It's helping me and I know it'll help my audience. But how does one go about building his or her personal brand <laughs> and presence? You mentioned that somewhere, and I thought that's yeah. really interesting. Not just a brand, but a presence. What do you mean by presence? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
again, when I'm talking to my class, I will ask a question. Do you have a brand? And they're like, oh, not yet. And then I'll ask another student, do you have a brand? And they're like, no, but um, I'm hoping to have one in the near future. Mm-hmm. Or if I ask someone and they're like, well, I don't think so. And I said, okay, if I took you out of this room and I talked to your friends, would they say you don't exist? And they're like, I don't know. They wouldn't. And I said, your personal brand is what your friends will tell you. And when you have that confidence, not cockiness, but confidence, you now create a presence. And it's it's not necessarily like an aura, but you have this confidence. And that personal brand starts to, to activate. Uh, the way I describe it is, think of it this way. So you've got a corner store that sells food-related items, uh, lottery tickets, hardware, fried chicken, um, you know, all sorts of things. They're a mishmash of things in this in this corner store. And then let's say you've got Starbucks. And let's say it's a beautiful day today. Would you go to Starbucks to buy a pair of flip-flops? And the answer is, of course yeah. not, because they sell tea, coffee, food-related items. Now, could you go to the corner store? Potentially. They may have it. And if they if they don't have it, next week they will because somebody asked for it. So, you know, we're going to keep it. Right. You need to build your brand almost like that Starbucks brand where it's recognized and notable and acknowledged. Now, people may argue, well, wait a minute, but isn't it better to be the corner store where I'm able to offer so much and so many different things versus being specialized? Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. People will resonate knowing that this is what you are. So when it comes to speaking or, you know, storytelling, I don't have to do a, a lot of heavy lifting of promotion because that presence is there, that personal brand. And people are like, look, I heard about you through uh, at a conference or, mm-hmm. you know, that I saw your profile on LinkedIn and you're a storyteller or, you know, any number of things. You need to start building that personal brand. Mm-hmm. And related to this, Pamela, is a is a key thing. When I deal with and I work with so many young people, mm-hmm. it's been about 5,000 conversations to date to help them navigate. It's interesting because, you know, we use this word passion. Find your passion. You're going to be happy through life. And I say, no, passion is important. Passion is an igniter to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, passion cannot be sustained because passion is this you're going down a direction because it just resonates. But how do you sustain it? And that's where it should guide you to purpose. Now, if you're in, you know, post-secondary, you may not find your purpose right away. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to rush to a purpose. But the passion is what's going to carry you forward as long as you have an open mind, personally, personal reflections, introspection. Eventually, it's going to guide you to a purpose that is authentic to you. And then when that hits, that's your your personal brand. Now that becomes a presence. So is it in just being who you are, mm-hmm. but then the awareness is mm-hmm. what caused it to be more of a presence? Oh, being totally. More intentional around it? It's, in other words, you taking a hold of what's important to you mm-hmm. and understanding what's important to you and how. Or because once it becomes important to you, and this is what the work you start doing, now the people start focusing on you because they're recognizing and acknowledging that 
this is authentic to you. It makes sense. So for example, when you mentioned about the art and the creativity piece, yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, on the one hand, I applaud you because you're the ones who make the world into a bright, vibrant place. And equally at the same time, there was something about it. But then knowing that you were this creative person, artist, it's almost like your work speaks for itself. And, mm -hmm. you know, whatever we do in life, your work speaks for itself and you are driving it forward. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had people tell me that I'm equally right brain and left brain. And, and I, I think I know what they mean by that. Mm -hmm. But as I'm listening to you, I'm also considering when you ask yourself, what would your friends say about you? I have a few ideas of what friends would say about me. And I think it matches mm -hmm. what I think based on this conversation, we would call my presence. Mm -hmm. But I also thought, hmm, what if your friends say things that you're not proud of? Mm -hmm. I like the questioning that you do. And I like the intentionality of this process because you can then self-reflect and even course correct mm -hmm. because if your friends are saying things about yeah. you that you don't want to line up with your overall presence. And as we talk about purpose and helping other people, the legacy that you leave, I certainly would want to be, you know, a person that people say, oh, where her presence made a difference. And this is how this person impacted my life. This is how Pamela impacted my life. I'm seeing in this conversation with you how Sam impacts mm -hmm. uh, people's lives. So very good reflection. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I totally agree with what you're saying, because I mean, there are ways that we may think we are as individuals and it's not a, it's not a negative or a criticism of who you are. If your friends say, Sometimes, you know, your stories go too long or, you know, have you and or, you know, uh, however they speak now, it, but also they may not be speaking with regards to exactly. I mean, that's their perspectives. So you need to get a, a good litmus of the people around you, not just one voice, because I always say in my class, the rule of 15, 70, 15 applied where you know, I could have 100 students and 15% are just like, oh my gosh, this is like the dragging course. It's it's just something that doesn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. But then 15% are like, oh my gosh, this is like the best course I've ever taken. And 70% in the middle, one extreme is, I didn't like the course, but I picked up a couple of things too. There's so much more I could pick up. So mm -hmm. if you are going to try to do some self-exploration Try to get it from different perspectives. Yes. And don't just think that if one person said, well, you're too talkative, someone else is going to say, well, you're too quiet, depending mm -hmm. on who they are. So it's it's also about filtering through that information. And, and number one, don't take it personally. Filter the information and try to incorporate it into your life to make you into a better person. Beautifully said. I agree. I try to get feedback from different sources, too, because... You may listen to one and it impacts you. It could be hurtful or it could be inspiring. I also remember at some point in life, someone told me, don't believe your press, even if positive or negative. <laughs> yeah, no. And Pamela, I mean, hey, I, I work in higher education. My evaluation <laughs> just went out for this semester. Mm -hmm. I got to be prepared because I know that there's going to be one or two students who didn't enjoy the class. I, they'll say I was disorganized or... It's so funny because on those evaluations, and it just goes back to what I just said, someone will say, 
it was too much work. Someone else will be like, oh, this was like not enough work. I think we needed more work in this. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said it's got to be that spectrum and uh, you can't take I, it personally. I experienced the same thing. I'll have a student or family say, oh, this was too much work. And then another group will say it wasn't enough work. And then someone will say, oh, you're my favorite teacher. Then another person will say, I really connect well with you. And I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, you can't get it all right for everyone. No, no. <laughs> so I, I try to aim for in the middle. <laughs> well, and, and I make sure never to go and rate my professor. Mm-hmm. I mean, my students always tell me, oh, your rating is good. But I don't want to go in and see any negative comments. I mean, someone may have got a bad mark in my class, but mm-hmm. as a result of it, it's my fault, not their fault. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think I really need to read those negative comments, but uh, the evaluations I do read, but uh, that's where, yep, no, nope, I don't go and rate my professor. Okay. So tell me about your journey to mm-hmm. India. I've actually been waiting to get to this part of the interview. Sure. Um, and whereby in your own words, talking about your journey to to India, you describe yourself as a foreigner Mm -hmm. going to a land that should not be foreign. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm a British born Canadian. Mm -hmm. My parents come from Fiji islands, which is near Australia. And my grandparents and ancestors are from India. Mm -hmm. So physically and visibly, I look like I'm, I'm Indian. And it's very common for people to come up and say, Oh, what part of India are you from? Mm-hmm. And I say, well, I was born in England, raised in Canada. And they're like, no, 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 your parents, what part of India? Right. My parents come from Fiji, which is near Australia. And then they look, wait, are you Indian? It's like, well, my grandfather's come from India. People try to categorize, mentalize people. Mm-hmm. Or um, the other one I like is then they say, well, you know, no, you're not Indian, you're Canadian. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've lived in Canada almost all my life. So yeah, hockey for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we uh, eat hot dogs. I mean, we scrape our knee and we bleed maple syrup. Yeah, I'm Canadian. <laughs> but um, the the one that I also get is, no, no, really, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's start with planet Earth. That's where I'm from. All right. But a lot of people struggle with identity. And I went to India in search of my identity. And that's where I was a foreigner going to a land that shouldn't be foreign to me. But I had a purpose. And the purpose was to find my grandfather's house with a faded photograph and very little information. We thought we knew the name of the village, the town it was from, like about five miles away in the district. So here you've got a a person, a foreigner going to a land that shouldn't be foreign to them in search of a needle in a haystack, not even sure where the haystack was. But I did find my identity. And the identity and the best way for me to describe it is Before I went to India, my life was what we call a tali. And a tali in Indian cuisine is a platter with segmented dishes. So I'm British, Canadian, Fijian, Indian. I mean, and I've also played in an Irish military pipe band. So maybe there's some Irish chutney in there mixed in as well. But they're all segmented. But I remember having a euphoric and epiphany Mm -hmm. when I was in India, where I woke up at four in the morning and realized, wait, I'm not a tali, this segmented dish. I'm wow. actually kichdi, and kichdi is a rice dish where you go to your fridge, you add vegetables to it, the spices and the flavors, and you suddenly have this dish. And I think 
we're all kitchery. We're all a blend of flavors. And, you know, I don't have to compartmentalize all of my different identities. So that part was about discovering that identity piece. And then the part about finding my ancestral roots was important to me because I wanted to reconnect with a part of our lives because my grandfather left when, you know, he literally was 17, probably early 1900s, went to Fiji. My father was born there. My mom got, and then he married my mom. They moved to England. We moved to Canada. But what was interesting about that is the fact that nobody knew where our village was because my grandfather had left many, many years ago. So I went with the faded photograph and the journey is filled with setbacks, but it's also filled with um, some real nuggets that I, that I discovered. And, you know, through some, I don't know, I call it a cosmic intervention and whatnot. I was actually able to find my grandfather's house Wow. with just that faded photograph, very little information, but that's it, amazing. It really was important for me to do it because I needed to recapture that. And then I, I wrote a book about it called lost and found seeking the past and finding myself. And the idea is my village was lost and I wasn't feeling like my identity was so lost and found seeking the past, the village, the ancestral roots and finding myself, which is this identity piece. Uh, So it's a, it's a beautiful story that I think many people can connect to because of this aspect that we struggle with identity. And you know what I love too, about your story, you just said so much I want to touch on a few things, even as part of your purpose today is helping others in this very strategic way that you've Mm -hmm. developed with your five core elements, but your life speaks to that. The book, the title of the book, as I was listening to you even talking about the different dishes, how beautiful, what an analogy, what Mm -hmm. a great visual. Um, It made me think of a mosaic. It made me think of a tapestry. That's the and artist in you. <laughs> <laughs> how beautiful it is for all of us to see ourselves in that way. Yeah. We're not just one thing and all of those things put together uh, eclectically makes us all the richer, all the more beautiful, all the more we can pull from to be mm-hmm. and to help others be yeah. and to be accepting of who we are. Uh, with all of that, all that that entails, and then to share that with others and help others just just be. Because at the end of the day, don't we want to just be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have and have that be okay? And to and to have stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then sharing those stories. Uh, and you know, that's a um, I think a thing that most cultures have. If you look mm-hmm. far yeah. enough back the richness of storytelling yes that's in all of our backgrounds and in some way in some ways it's been lost yeah. and even overshadowed by i hate to say it this way quote unquote writers telling stories for us yeah. and then we watch it on television or film but are we sharing our own stories are yeah. we passing those stories even in our homes and in our communities it's a different kind of story to tell that's just as important as the ones we watch. Yeah. And if you notice, one of the five core elements wasn't storytelling. It was story sharing. 
Mm. Storytelling is unilateral. I'm going to be yeah. what I do in my class. I'll stand up there and I'll tell stories. Story mm. sharing is when my students come to the office hours and we dialogue, we have a conversation, we share stories. It's like we're breaking bread together. We're having this yeah. conversation. So story sharing is a more powerful word. It is. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps everyone realize that your story, whatever it is, is valuable mm-hmm. and it's important to share. Yes. And if you if you value it, you'll share it and you'll be surprised at how you impact other lives. Because I think in sharing stories, uh, one of the things that we come out of it is realizing that we're not alone. When you share and another person connects to what you're sharing, even though you may tell it from the perspective of Mm -hmm. having ancestors from India. And I would share my story from the perspective of having ancestors from Africa. And we've talked previously about how we had very similar experience. Um, I won't go into detail about mine right now, but I, too, found my family with basically finding a needle in a haystack. No, and and a beautiful thing I just want to share with you is, you know, this whole idea, and and you actually really tapped into what I wanted to share, which was Mm -hmm. I carry with me puzzle pieces. Mm. And what I do is I give puzzle pieces away. Oh, and, okay. And the, nice. and the reason is because uh, I always say one single piece of a jigsaw puzzle is ordinary because if I give you one piece, there's not much you can do with one piece. Mm-hmm. But Pamela, this is what people feel like. They feel like that single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. They don't know where they fit in. They don't know the bigger picture. But if I give you a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle and I can make it extraordinary, that single piece by saying, My satchel, where I give you a piece of my puzzle, if I give this to you, my puzzle will now be permanently incomplete without you. Do you realize how important you are to my puzzle? And the importance of that is no one piece is the most important part of the puzzle. Every single piece has a place to play. And it's just a reminder, and I've given about 5,000 pieces in the world to date to remind people how important they are. And I've got people who have taped it to the mirror it says every morning I wake up, it reminds me someone said I was important. It's in backpacks traveling around the world. It's in curio boxes. It's in wallets. And they show me. I had I somebody just, that. and somebody just sent me a note yesterday, a, a picture of their wallet. And next to it was my puzzle piece. They said, Sam, I found your puzzle piece in my wallet. And I was like, I needed to reach out to you and just say hello. And I, it's just a simple way that reminds us how important we are. Yeah, I like that. That's so valuable. I'm, I'm like, okay, are you going to mail me a puzzle piece? I would be happy to <laughs> mail you a puzzle piece. I would love to receive one. Yes. So um, there's a question that I ask every single guest, mm-hmm. and it just has to do with, I mean, you've shared so many br- brilliant and wonderful things that's going to cause great reflection for people. But I would like you to try to narrow it down. If there's just one thing, if if the audience forgets everything you said, hopefully right. not, but suppose they do. <laughs> What's that one gem yeah. that okay. you know is so important for them to hold on to? I think the fact that we're in a challenging time with uh, the pandemic, every single person has been impacted by this pandemic. And one thing that I reflect on and that I came up with that helped me, which then will help others, and it's what I speak about in class or conferences, is this concept of 
care. There's a need for us to care right now. Yes. But it's what care stands for. Care stands for collaboration, adaptability, resilience, and empathy. Collaboration is I have my strengths and I have my resources. And what is it that other people have? What can I do to share with other people and what can they share back? And how do we work together to make ourselves stronger so we collaborate together? Adaptability is this need that, I mean, I was always adaptable. I thrive in ambiguity and uncertainty, but the need that adaptability is this reminder, status quo won't work. We've all had to change on a dime, change our lifestyle, change the way we work. So we all we should embrace this adaptability piece and don't fear it. Resilience is this is a marathon we're in. It's not over tomorrow, next week, next month. This is a marathon. Resiliency means let's build our strength in this so we can go stronger as we emerge out of this. And finally, empathy. There is a need for us to show care and compassion to each other. We don't know what people are going through. So let's show more empathy. So there is a need for us to care, collaborate, adaptability, resilience, and empathy. Wonderful. Beautifully said. And I like the way um, it's an acronym that leads to deeper thoughts that people can hold with Mm -hmm. them. And I think you're absolutely right, especially in these trying times that it's not just in one country, worldwide, everyone's just been spinning and, and trying to land. I like the, um, the idea of resiliency, mm-hmm. the adaptability, and also the empathy, Yeah, putting ourselves in other people's shoes to mm-hmm. uh, try to relate and connect, understand. Yeah. Uh, and value, yeah. <laughs> value each other's experiences. And the fact that the collaboration, adaptability, resilience, and empathy, they layer into each other. They're not distinct. Mm-hmm. I mean, one leads to another, one impacts the other. It's just something that resonated with me that then I shared with others. Well, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And I know that you're a story sharer, teller, writer. You have so much more that you you offer to the world. So I want to definitely have us end with you sharing with the audience how they might reach out to you, get in touch, get your books and things like that. Well, easiest way is just to go to my website. So it's uh, www.sam-thiara.com. And all my information is there, but also it's about 180 blog posts, which are available and accessible for anyone to read. My thoughts and ideas are there. I'm also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Sam. I have really enjoyed having this conversation with you, both of the conversations we've had. And it's been my complete pleasure and honor to have you on the show. And I know these thoughts and ideas will be a blessing to my listeners. So I just want to thank you from me and and for them. Well, thank you so much. And I just want to leave with this with your listeners is my, my quote that I live by, everyone's life is an autobiography make yours worth reading. You are a living story, a story that needs to be shared. Uh, Go out there and live your story. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. 
I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.